When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of, the podcast where we explore the struggles of life, the challenges of mental health and recovery, and the spaces between. We express our personal views on life here, and this podcast is not meant to replace medical advice or tell anyone the right way to live. This podcast is best used as a place of curiosity and questioning to accompany you on your journey. Be aware there is strong language. This week, we're picking up where we left the conversation off last week. Here we go. What mood is that you at this time? Why do you get high to change the sea you're in? Time you won't come back again. What mood is that you at this time? Got into the union, uh, ran into a guy at the gym one day who I had been in, in prison with. <laughs> and he, he got me into the union or helped me get into the union or told me about the union. And so I go and I test and I, you know, go through this rigorous interview process and shit. Biggest thing I had ever done in my life. And I <laughs> thought I had arrived when I got right. in, you know, and sucks being at the bottom uh, of an apprenticeship. Uh, <laughs> you get treated shitty and like that kind of fit into my life and how I felt about <laughs> right. myself. Um, it was tumultuous, you know, and, and, and some of the life things that happened to my wife and I weren't necessarily in our control. We thought we were doing the right thing by deciding to buy a house instead of wasting our money renting. Right. That's what we had heard. And yet, we bought a house and like six months later realized we had fucking way overpaid for it in a housing bubble fucking problem. And had we waited six months, we could have lived in a nice neighborhood instead of mm. moving to a neighborhood we didn't really want to be in and right. ended up upside down in our mortgage for the next 10 years and still was upside down when we walked away from it 10 years later. Like a lot of that shit was not stuff that we did. And uh, because of that same recession, work in the union was hit and miss. I was either working 70-hour fucking weeks or I wasn't working at all, and I was laid off for four months. And, like, wow. just lots of none of that working out necessarily as great as it sounds on paper, too. You know, along the way with my own struggles um, and the dysfunction that, that we created in my house because that's what I thought you did with kids was yelled at them and screamed at them until they got right. it right. Told them stop feeling and get doing. <laughs> how you feel don't matter just act the way i want you to act right. that's all that matters Be quiet <laughs> basically um so yeah the monotony of of just having the things and living the same day day in and day out and not liking any of it was was intolerable for me i, I sought relief through anything uh mostly women mostly doing a lot of sexting or whatever while you know in my house in my chair saying i'm being a father and a husband, but really, you know, 
somewhere else right. in Emotionally virtual happy. world yeah. talking to this other person about meeting up with him at some point. Um, and were you still doing 12 steps NA stuff at this time? And yeah. how much? And was that uh, a big part of that whole thing? Or it's interesting. Not really. Not, not really. Um, I really did my best to keep it out of the 12-step rooms. Uh, I didn't want to be the fucked up guy harming other people does not mean i did not at times um, right but for the most part i tried to keep my image there mm-hmm. looking good as a elder statesman of the 12-step world um and i did my dirt elsewhere you know hmm. paths crossed a couple times but for the most part I, I you know kept my stuff i kept my dirt invisible billy and that was a big part of right. my problem like I could go and talk about it to my sponsor and shit, but for the most part, I just didn't have to because life just kept moving on. Right. You know? Eventually, um, so there was there, there was an open relationship going on in my relationship. I had the ability to step out of my relationship sexually and do these things that felt better for me, and it wasn't a problem. But there was some rules around it, you know, don't treat them better than me. Don't take them on dates if we're not going on dates, all those fun things. And like the fact was my interest was in the novelty. Right. Like it was in the dates with A the new, new people. Right. right? <laughs> the, the, the getting confirmation I'm enough again, you know. Um, so obviously I didn't follow any of the fucking rules. I got feelings for a person. I ended up having like a basically a whole affair where I went on vacations with this individual my, while my family went elsewhere and. All this stuff. Um, Eventually decided, like, was staying for the kids, you know, the whole thing. We're staying for the kids. And then realizing, like, the only thing I'm showing them here is modeling a fucking terrible relationship and not being able to find love. (laughs) That's not what I want us to stay for. So we we split and I left and I I moved out and I didn't know what to do. I tried living with my mom for a couple weeks. That felt terrible. So I moved into this recovery house, uh, which worked for a while. And. Just loot out of my mind still, though, not really knowing what I'm doing, but finally starting to see that. Mm. <laughs> um, still talking to, to my wife. We weren't together, but like saying I needed fucking help. And, you know, I, I decided to try therapy. Um, the only thing that mattered to me was that I didn't want to have to question if the therapist was the right one. I didn't want to go through talking to somebody for three months, figuring it out, not knowing, having to start over. I said, I got to know this is the right person going in. And how the fuck do you know that with therapists? We got an episode. You don't. It's fucking impossible. But I knew a guy in the 12-step fellowship who had experience with a similar problem, who had gone to a therapist and had a lot of success. And then we went to dinner and we talked about it. And he sold me on it, man. He said, this is the person. They can help you. Hmm. And that felt so important to me going into it. Now, this involved paying out of pocket and not going through insurance, which is expensive as fuck. But I had to know. And so I did it. And that really, really started changing my perception and opening my view and lens up to the world of, oh, I live in a very rigid small world with rules in a box and that is not what everybody else is doing and there's other options right um that led me to a lot of places uh uh, other fellowships for the first time i thought na was the end-all be-all but i ended up in a whole lot of other places eventually da al-anon um saa slaa like i was making the rounds right and learning and hearing a lot of cool new shit that was 
really opening me up to be excited about exploring me and my life again from new lenses that might be able to help me because that's what I've always been seeking, Billy. <laughs> Something to fucking help me feel better. You right. know? Um, that led me to go to a, a week-long therapy retreat called Breakthrough, which was an amazing experience, and I came out of feeling like an entirely different fucking person. Doesn't last, of course, forever. But it, it was a nice feeling. It's man. a breakthrough, dude. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it was a nuclear blast, right? Or, or an earthquake that had reverberations that lasted quite a while. It was really powerful, um, and starting to finally see that maybe there's a way of explaining my life that takes a fuck ton of the shame and blame off of me, mm. and like. There was a little bit of that coming into 12 step, right? There, there was a big portion of like, you don't have to feel ashamed of this person you were using. We get it. That's somebody else. But I had never had that without drugs, you know? Right. Um, so that was a really cool thing. Um, that all led me, that self-exploration led me to decide that like I hated construction and I hated my life. <laughs> and like I wanted to do something else. And I thought that was be a therapist. And I tell you what, my therapist said, you know, you'd make a good therapist. So I have a habit of doing things that other people say I'd be good at, <laughs> just to say. But whatever. She saw something in me that I didn't understand, right? I went to college. Dude, this was all such adult, big boy shit to me. Like, <laughs> I would never think that I could make a phone call and schedule an appointment for a doctor for myself, much less go to a fucking college and figure out the goddamn application process and funding process and mm. all that shit. And I did it and I got in and I got good grades and like it was fun and it was interesting. And, and somehow like um, uh, my wife and I were separated and we had sex and she got pregnant and I begged her to have a fucking abortion mm. because we're separated. And I'm like 32 33 and i'm like no i guess i was almost 34 damn and i'm like uh i'm not marketable for <laughs> fourth fucking kid billy mm. i already got three kids by other women i can't be that guy that's not sellable to an attractive lady right mm. i can't do this this can't be a fourth kid that's what was in my brain wow begging her have an abortion please her mother asked her to have an abortion don't do that you're stupid my wife had the baby. Hmm. I don't know, man. Glad I didn't get what I wanted there. That's for damn sure. Yeah. You know? Hmm. That guy's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that process led us somehow to trying again from a different place. Um, feels like that's what we keep getting to. Better understandings and a different place to try again from. Right. I feel like we're there now kind of too. Um, that's just me and my wife. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, she's been saying something similar lately. Like, I guess we're working on something new. She's like, I got to try to think of where we're going is something different and new. It's not, we're not trying to get back to anything or get, we're just, it's got to be a whole new thing. Yeah. So up until that point, I had been this fucking angry, fucking violent, explosively father that like people had to walk on eggshells around. Right. Um, um, like a mirror of what you grew up in or Absolutely. somewhat different? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A big bully trying to reclaim some kind of power to feel okay mm. with a bunch of little tiny people, you know? Um, with the myth that you were going to raise these things to be good 
accomplishing tasks and Dude, <laughs> following rules. <laughs> I didn't have the bandwidth to think through any of this oh, no. shit. Okay. I was just in survival. It was just, right. just fucking act right so I can fucking think, mm. honestly. I still struggle with thinking when people in a room are talking or I don't know what all that is or, or what, but yeah, uh, I, I struggle to feel okay in my body. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I was that guy. But when I came back this time, antidepressants have been introduced to in my life. Um, my ther- therapist had been telling me to try them for like a year. I had been trying all the stuff people were suggesting, meditation, all these things. Wasn't feeling the benefits of those things. Um, finally gave in to the antidepressants when I felt like all my best efforts weren't working. They helped. They helped me feel the benefits of meditation. They helped me be a calmer, kinder person for the first time in my life. Um, played around with them for some years after uh, definitely an improvement but also noticing they don't seem to be the answer either they kind of allow me to not feel as terrible and do all the shit that's being asked of me but i don't necessarily feel good either it's just kind of neutral and over time i feel kind of cut off from connection with people um so i played the game of of off and on again for a while um my wife said i should talk about how when i went to college i started riding a bicycle around town like like distances, like hour and 15 minute bike rides to get to school and then an hour yeah. and 15 minutes home. For the health factors or? All of it. Yeah. Just trying to be this new guy that goes out and hikes and rides a bicycle when he can yeah. instead of a, a car through the city to see if it gets me more in touch with being in the present yeah. and life. And it does. Yeah. Even in the fucking 100%. 32 degree yeah, cold, right. <laughs> biking through Baltimore City next to the semi, you know, the, the big ass trailers and shit. Like, I don't know. It was cool. Uh, kind of wish I could do some of it up here. Uh, eventually realizing our life where we were in Baltimore did not seem to be going where we wanted it to. We were getting to that time point. We were thinking originally we would get out of there before our kids had to go to school around there. Um, and some of our kids were already going to school down that way. And so we, we talked with my mother's parents and asked if we could move in and just walk away from our house. Um, I think they saw that as like for a few years. It, we're going on year six now, so <laughs> I don't know exactly what it will end up being. But like that was another big shift in my life, going to like one, a place of humility to fucking not even be able. Here I am, a guy that always feels like he's not manly enough and I can't even support my family and give right. my house, right? Um, and also a big shift, dude, like growing up in Baltimore, I had no idea what it was like to live in a place like Cecil County. <laughs> Holy fuck. Like, I sit on my porch and it's nice as fuck. I go in my backyard and it's calm as shit. There's trees and nature everywhere. Like, it's a whole different, slower lifestyle that I didn't even know existed. So, there's a lot of people on earth who are never understanding that this yeah. kind of thing exists. And like our nervous systems are programmed for city life, which is fucking fast paced, dude. Right. I don't know. That's just Stuff a thing moving to everywhere. Me. Lights. Yeah. Yeah. Going on. So, so that's a thing. Um, parts I missed somewhere in the, the midst of all that <laughs> there is that my father passed away. Mm. Um, I had, it was after the relapse. I had come back. I had gotten, I want to say I had like two years at the time. But really, I had only been home not even a full year of that. I came out of prison in June 2005 or July 2005. 
he got surgery in December of that year, uh, bariatric surgery, and they found some stuff in his lungs, and it was cancer. Mm. And then by March, he was he was gone. Wow. And uh, I remember thinking, you know, all the victim stuff around that, like, this isn't fair, and I lost him too early, and I'm supposed to have him another 30 years, and all those things. And, you know, he had programmed me in a way that there was a part of me that believed I could never make him proud of me now. And so there was really not much point in living because that was the whole goal of life. Really? That's what it felt like. Um, I remember having that thought. Um, but yeah, I also think that him dying was some kind of like spiritual wake up inside of me of like, I can't keep running around using playing these stupid games anymore. Like, not that I was using it at that time or anything, but just that idea of like, it's time to grow up. Right. It's time to mature. It's time that I need to be around to take care of my mom. It's time to stop wasting my time. Stuff like that. You know? Yeah. That it's not, what do you call that? Like infinite. We have, there's a limit. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I don't know, Billy, do I stay clean without that moment, without him passing? I don't fucking know. I don't know how this kind of stuff changes us and, and works. Right. Um, I don't talk to much of my family. Uh, that's in the present, maybe a couple of cousins, my mom, that's it. I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they're just all dysfunctional and don't talk to each other or that's how we all live or what, but that's what we do. I guess we don't talk to each other. Yeah. Society's not good for that. We all right live now. so far apart, man. I, I, there's just no yeah. ways to connect all that. Um, so anyway, I live in Cecil County. I meet you. Seeking meditation. I'm in college going towards being a therapist in a social work curriculum. I went to UMBC and really had my eyes open to so much information about how the world works and people are oppressed and people are not given the opportunities and it's not an equal playing field and like male privilege and white privilege and all this stuff, dude. And like, I don't know, maybe some people have a fucking backlash against all that. I soaked it all in. I'm like, I fucking 100% identify yeah. with all this shit. It all sounds right. I've seen all of it in action. I believe it. Like, right. So I got into social work to be a therapist. And what I found was it just really aligns with who the fuck I am and what I believe and how I want to treat people and take care of them. Um, so it feels like a nice new home and a, a new kind of community of people like a 12 step fellowship where you could go to a convention across the United States and you know who you're going to meet people just like you. I feel like I can do that with social work as well, which is pretty cool. Um, so then schooling and all that stuff. And we've been doing this podcast and, uh, I guess that brings us up to the present, right? Is that where we're, we're trying to get to? Sort of. Well, I mean, I want to go back yeah, yeah, just yeah. a minute. So, and I guess I'm going back to like my preconceived ideas about what I thought you were when I first met oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just, I made an assumption you were like a sort of like all in on NA and a big NA. Like, so for my wife and I, that's what we do. That's how we live. That's what our personality is i'm an na member all my friends are in na like i don't have people outside of that i assumed that's what you were when i met you i mean I like that was. the na was a the big the big thing going on in your life i guess it it mostly was i guess okay. I, I guess i did really kind of gloss over it in the in the storyline there um so okay i relapsed i didn't do much when i first got out except meet my wife and date and you know try to get apartments and run a house together 
eventually started going back and reconnecting in my original neighborhood with some people who were still there. Uh, we bought a house in a different neighborhood, played that game for a few years of going to both. It became a pain. Um, really, really ingrained myself in the neighborhood we moved to over time, became like a, what I would say, like an anchor of the, the meeting I attended as my home group. Um, and then got into like traveling to a lot of meetings like every saturday we would get together we'd go out to dinner we'd hit a meeting in a different area you know we had our favorites that were near our favorite dinner spots um and it was sometimes three of us sometimes nine of us whatever um and yeah you know i'd get on the speaking circuit every here and there because i could get up and be a little charismatic and people (laughs) like it um so yeah i I was into changing my life and continuing to self-reflect and and that was the methods I had been introduced to by then I think by the time I got up here I had started to really expand to self-reflection outside of that whether it was these other fellowships that had really brought me a lot of new self-reflective techniques or some of the stuff I was learning along the way with psychiatry and and psychology and school and like all these things um but moving up here and knowing people struggle to make friends, I know if I can get in the the NA community, I can meet people and I can have friends. Right. So I think that's what I was going for when I moved up here. And like, mm. I was looking for people who were trying to do meditation. You were like, right. yeah, I do med-. I'm like, cool, I'm into that. Like, yeah. let's do these. I wanted to meet people that were like me also seeking these other things, not just... And like, obviously I don't look real hard and I found one person and we, <laughs> we just did our thing. It's like, okay, cool, I got right. one. That's enough. Yeah. I don't want to look forever. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was definitely into it. I, we would travel. I've been at conventions in, like, Pittsburgh and North Carolina and, like, Virginia. Did cool stuff like that. I was I was definitely sold on a, a life of, I don't know what to call it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Is it recovery? A life of I think finding it's better recovery, ways to treat myself? Think, yeah, it's different treatment. What do you call it? Like, treatment modalities, I guess, if you want to think of it that yeah. way. Like, it's just different different ways of addressing fucking pain <laughs> trying to find different more sustaining ways to help me not be miserable on a daily basis that you know last and work and and, and i can use okay. um and, and really yeah I, that's where i just keep trying to move to what doesn't feel right and what else can i do to try to help myself right. with it um so yeah we do all this we start doing the podcast people in the world start researching mushrooms marijuana becomes legal all over the fucking place and somebody asked me uh when do you have fun and for a year i had no answer Hmm. when do i have fun i'm doing all these awesome things i'm changing my life i'm i'm creating the life i want i'm moving into being a therapist i'm where's where's all the shit that comes with it where i feel good about it and it just it just stuck with me. When do I have fun? I don't know. Um, I think there is something that happens when you're becoming a therapist and you have to be an intern and sit with these people and their feelings. And then you become a therapist and you have to sit with these people and their feelings and their awkward topics and their shitty stances on life at times. like right. or, or biased stances on life, I should say. Not shitty, but like... And 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 encountering, it's like in sitting across from someone else, you encounter yourself. Mm-hmm. I start to learn where my edges are and where other people begin. 
right? And there's something about that that I think I can either shut it all down and just say, oh, well, you're not trying hard enough. That's why this therapy isn't working. Or I can own it. And I can feel the feelings of how fucking awkward it is to sit there when neither of us know what to say. And I really want to be able to help you, but I don't know how. So, yeah, uh, I recognize myself in almost every diagnosis in a DSM. I feel like part of them explain me. They're all parts of explaining my interactions with the world that feel dysfunctional. Um, I'm reading all these books, these self-help books to help me be a better therapist. But what I'm actually getting is like a better guy at understanding Jason, at least the way Jason understands the world. And like, I don't know if it's just the, the order of the books and how they lined up, but I'm reading the Sapiens book and it tells me about our DNA and biologically and how we fucked ourselves all up that way by doing other shit and farming. And then I'm reading Gabor Mate and like all these things pointing to the problem is actually the way we live and we just need to take better care of ourselves and stop living that way. Cause it's fucking crazy. Um, and just starting to put all this together in theories and starting to meet right. myself. And we, my family decided to take a trip across the U S and when do I have fun, Billy? We're on three weeks stuffed in a fucking minivan driving across the U.S. At any moment, I'm going to be the guy that ruins this fucking vacation for everybody in a way that maybe I can't even bring it back from. Mm -hmm. And I can't have that. And we get to Chicago and marijuana is legal there. And I'm tired of not having fun and being miserable and I just don't know what else to do. And I'm starting to believe some other things about the reasons I used and they weren't just because I was a shitty human or because I'm a guy who chases fucking impulsively feeling better. It's because I was in a lot of fucking pain. And I'm not in that level of pain anymore. And I don't think that's going to happen. And so I bought some gummies in Chicago and a vape. Had no idea what I was doing. I went in there and told him I didn't know what I was doing. I said, I ain't done this shit in 20 years. He gave me some suggestions about taking it slow. I took those suggestions. We got to a place on our trip a few days later. I was about to lose my mind. It was that day when I was going to ruin that trip. I felt it. I didn't know how to get out of it. My nervous system, that words I didn't understand completely at the time, had hijacked my whole fucking body and took me hostage, and I was about to shit on everybody around me. And I hit the vape. And I didn't know how to hit the vape because they're weird and they're not like the tobacco vapes that I'm used to, so I didn't know if I was hitting it. So I hit it a little more than I meant to hit it that day. And Billy, it was like instant change. And I said, if I can use this as a tool and not as a thing that controls me, this is a fucking game changer for my life. And that has started this whole new world where Jason is a guy who feels like he would probably be judged at a 12-step meeting, but regularly uses marijuana and has used mushrooms on multiple times going into the mushroom experience as a therapeutic experience that has allowed me to get through that stuck shit inside of me that I've never been able to even see. It's allowed me to cry over the man I've been for the last 42 years, 43 years of my life. It's allowed me to feel great sorrow for how bad I have treated the people I love. But it has also allowed me a place to pass through that and on the other side, love myself and treat them much, much better. I didn't want to talk about any of this. <laughs> it's been like, I don't know, 18 months, yeah, something it's been like a while. that. 
Um, you guys knew, obviously. Um, I don't know, man. I, I really, there's a part of me that wants to have my wife present when I talk about this to anybody because I want them to just talk to her. Just ask her how much fucking different it is. Just ask her if the guy today shows up as a loving fucking human way better than he could before. Just talk to her about the differences. And tell me if I'm a guy in chaotic fucking drug use or, or addicted or if I'm a guy really trying to find a better way to live and a way to be the Jason that I think I'm supposed to be. But every time I get into that argument in my head, I come back to the same point. I feel so much better now. I don't need to argue. Call me what you want. <laughs> I'm going home after we finish this conversation today. And I'm going to enjoy my day better than I ever have. I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of this means, Billy. I'm in uncharted territory. I'm just trying to make the best of my life. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Right. Well, there's a lot of, I don't know what you want, conversation, opinion, whatever, that marijuana is medicinal and that it has, you know, medical uses. Unfortunately, it's pretty clouded with some shady, uh, I don't know, people that just want to smoke weed, which is fine. I don't place any judgment on that, but right. I just, it feels a lot of times like we're trying to call something something else just yeah. to make it fucking okay. And right. that's like, no, just say that you like to smoke weed just like you like to drink alcohol and it's fucking fine. I don't place a judgment on people for that. Right, right. But don't try to tell me it's therapeutic because you walk around high all day every day. <laughs> like, that's a different thing. <laughs> like, you know. But, you know, I, I guess... With our process, since I've known you, it it was like a transitional time. And I think I've been there at times, too, of like going from an abstinence-based 12-step model, thinking that's recovery, that's what yeah. that should be, and then seeing different pathways, different things that people do, different pains that people suffer. And this podcast has been big at like opening my eyes to a lot of things. Mm. Um, but I think <laughs> for you, at least what it felt like from the outside was watching you go through school and different challenging of some ideas and, and all that, that I could see a level of getting disenfranchised with 12 step process word. to, to kind of be like, well, I don't know if that's, the right thing maybe for everybody maybe for you i don't know what right. the judgment there was but it started to feel like some of the things that we do in 12 step or that i was i felt and did and thought was the ways we were supposed to be um it started to feel like some of those were very contradictory to what i was learning was helpful for people hmm. and that's where i started to get really disenfranchised i'm like Okay, if it's a net zero, fine. But I feel like we're actually starting to do a lot of damage. And now I'm not just, just don't know what to do with that. And I don't think it's necessarily the program, but it is where people have gotten to in 2023, whether we're part of a 12-step program or not. Right. Most of us struggle with, I see life very differently than those people. I don't know if they're fucking struggling or not. <laughs> right. I see the way the world very differently than they do. And 
it's hard to participate in stuff that doesn't feel good hmm. um, or feel like it's necessarily having a great impact. Um, it's interesting because I always wanted to be the big fish in the little pond, <laughs> right? I always wanted to be the guy with the good story at the meeting or the guy with the most clean time at the meeting or, you know, um, I wanted to be a licensed therapist that went to 12 step because I thought I would be smarter than everybody else there, <laughs> Billy. Let me right. get real. And now I'm a licensed therapist and I don't go <laughs> like, damn it. Right. A, I missed out on some ego stuff. No. Um, I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. You know, these are the things like the last 18 months has been me arguing in my head, all the information that I've been given my whole life about how the behaviors I'm doing around this marijuana look addictive and look obsessive and look like I'm out of control and blah, 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 blah. And like, also seeing how if I just treat myself with compassion, it actually looks very, very different than all those fucking stories I was told that I tell myself. But like, yeah, I get it. I would have the same argument for anybody else three years ago if you had told me they were doing this. If this would have been you doing it three years ago, I'd be like, fucking Billy, what the fuck is he thinking? <laughs> right. He's crazy. He ain't clean. That's nuts. <laughs> right? We started this podcast. I didn't believe people in Suboxone were clean. Right. I know there's some of our old episodes where I'm saying that, where they don't belong in fucking NA. Like, that's the bullshit I came here on. Right. That ain't it. That ain't what I believe. And and you're right. I, I'm trying to remember more often that in five years, I will probably look at me now and think I'm an idiot and, <laughs> right. and not be so tied to any of this shit either. Right. right. All I can say is I'm doing what works right now. This is the best version of my life. And Jason, and I have ever found or lived and it feels way, way better for me. Does that mean I think marijuana is the answer for everybody? Absolutely not, dude. Absolutely not. And I will say that many different points in my recovery, had I tried marijuana, it would not have gone like this and it would not have been a good thing. I will say that surely. Many times in my life, I have still been seeking that pain relief, get the fuck out of here feeling, and it would have took me back to heroin. I can see that for sure. I didn't believe it would this time. Hopefully it does not. Right. right? I don't see it being a thing. It does not feel like... I don't go to use a substance to get away from people anymore. I use the substance, the marijuana, to connect to my family better and enjoy them in ways I couldn't before, right? And it doesn't seem like anywhere in my head the idea of going back out to crack or coke or I've never done meth or heroin, like all those feel like things that take me away from everything I actually enjoy about the life I live. So it doesn't seem like that would be a thing, doesn't mean I have any idea what happens for me, right. what kind of pain I end up going through. Like, who knows, right? But just for today, this is the best life I've lived. And I, what else is there to do but to keep trying and figure it out, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. Now, the mushrooms, I fucking totally recommend everybody do those. Not as a professional opinion. Please don't go out and do them and sue me. <laughs> <laughs> but that is something... I really think is a, a healing fucking event going into it from a space like you or I am in where the goal is to kind of work through these things in our life that have been stuck here and the patterns and cycles. I think what they're proven with the new brain growth and all that, that happens and, and where it takes us back to that earlier stage of development with like the explosive neuron growth. I think that's all fucking super useful personally. Yeah, Maybe like I'm telling myself that story. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm I'm all aboard on that. I think that is fucking life changing. Really. Yeah. Um 
I get it. It's a hard thing to tell people that's in 12 steps. And there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to be the guy that convinces anybody to do it if it goes bad, you know? Well, I mean, here's been my take. So you're not the first person I've known. In fact, I've shared with other people that I've known that have been around 12 steps a long time and have decided, you know what? I'm going to go to this, you know, marijuana thing. It's legal now. I'm not saying similar things to what you're saying. For the most part, what I can see from the outside looking in, they all seem to be doing fine. You know, nothing leads me to think they're in chaotic, you know, use or anything like that. I've also seen a bunch of people that started with marijuana and ended up back in chaotic use. You know, who the fuck knows? I definitely don't know what's going to lead people to where they need to be, you know, or or what's the end story for anybody. Um, I guess what my concerns with most of those people, if it ever comes up, one of them it kind of did, and it was like, well, do you just have some, like, markers or a, plan or like some hey you know i have a whatever you want to call it like an emergency plan with my wife or family like hey if it starts to look Mm. like this like Mm. shit's probably not good Mm. (laughs) and that might be for mental health that might be for the i mean my wife and i have had that discussion over mental health stuff you know she years back went off of all kinds of medication because she used to be on medications for mental health and we've talked about hey what's it What's it look like when shit starts to go bad? Or what's it look like when maybe we need to consider changing up what we're doing right now? And have you had that conversation with your wife or your family? Do you have that with a therapist? Or I haven't exactly. Uh, I did talk to my therapist a lot about it in the beginning because I was feeling really, really f- fucked up about it, right? I'm a guy who's right. gotten a lot of my stuff from 12-step for all these years. I had clean time i keep putting Mm. my fucking air quotes up because i i get it the language matters i'm trying to use other language now but talking about it the way we do right i I had some i gave it up i guess um and my therapist saying multiple times like if they prescribed you an antidepressant and you took it every day it's still a drug you're still taking it every day this one's actually working why are we having this conversation (laughs) right you know and and Drilling that into my head, like, what is the fucking difference? I took that thing every day that they don't even know what it does to me. And it didn't work completely. Uh, I was committed to that fucking plan. Like, why can't I be committed to this plan and try it out? Total honesty and transparency. I don't know exactly what it looks like if this goes bad. I don't. Right. Well, I guess my question, maybe my phrase is a little different. So with the antidepressants, did you have like a... These are my goals, and this is when it's not working, when I know I need to change, or how did you identify when a change was needed? By or feel. When, yeah. By feel. Um, and, and look, could that be that after six months of being on the antidepressant, that became the new normal feeling, and I just got tired of it? I don't fucking know. Maybe. <laughs> right. I don't think that's what it is, but it could be, right? But yeah, it was just, I would take them. I would feel in that two to three week period, the relief from the shit that was like feeling heavy and weighing on me. And then I would feel free to get some things done. I would feel good about me getting the things done at work and all the chores and the responsibilities. And then over time, that leads me back to the same. This doesn't really feel fulfilling for me. Hmm. My, and, and I read it the other day. Are you depressed or is your life depressing? 
well, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, this is true. Like, I can't live the life that feels good for Jason in our world. There's no version of the life that feels good for my body, or at least what I think would feel good for my body, since I can't try it out, that exists on our planet possible for me right now. I don't know what to do with that. Part of that tells me that's why I medicate myself with medical marijuana, <laughs> because when things don't feel good and I can't change them, where's my relief for that? I don't know. You know, my way that feels good is like a whole different way of life. It doesn't prioritize any of this shit. So I, I don't know how to find that or where I can go to get it. So since I feel like a fucking alien, which I've felt like since elementary school, buddy, I didn't share that in the story early on and forgot about it. I literally thought, am I a fucking alien? Did I end up on the wrong planet somehow? Mm. Going through quality control up there, right? They shipped me to Earth. I was supposed to be on fucking Plasma 9 or something. Okay. I, I really, like I feel that different than other humans a lot of times, or at least the way humans act in groups. In society, <laughs> you know, right. how we look at things from a group stance, I don't fit with that at all. Um, so I don't know, man. This is 2023. Uh, I, I guess I'm a pothead. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it means. Well, so I would ask it in this way, like we do this podcast called Recovery, sort of. Yeah. Do you consider yourself in recovery? And what's that look like for you now if it's not Ooh. 12 steps? Here's a motherfucking ego statement. <laughs> I don't know that anybody on this fucking planet. Oh, God, that sounds terrible. Never mind. I don't want to say that. <laughs> okay, so here's the dichotomy of Jason being human. I put a fuck ton of effort into self-reflection and growth and healing and feeling better and wanting to be a better guy. The downside of that is that I spent a lot of time thinking about myself. Mm. <laughs> There's the reality of it, right? But no, I... I I want to compare to other people, and that's not a good idea. I definitely am very proud and satisfied with the amount of work I put in and the effort I put into taking care of Jason today. I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy with the ways I show up kindly and gently, and I meet my body with, I love you, and I'm listening. What do you need, body? Since I, you're my vehicle around the world, what do you need? I'll try my best to give it to you. I got some fucking rules I can't get out of right now. Like I got to buy food and shit, but to the best of my ability, how can I take care of this thing I got? Me. And I think that is really like, for me, for Jason's experience of life, I'm getting closer and closer to what feels like living right and living a well-lived life. Hmm. I don't know. That's my story. Yeah. And you feel like it's working? Your wife feels like it's working? Yeah. I'd actually love to interview all my kids, man. Actually, I would love for you to interview my whole family and me to not even be there and just fucking listen to the episode. Like, what do they think about me and how I've changed and how I've grown up recently? Hmm, that could be fun. It would be awesome if they would agree to it. <laughs> See what I think they think about me. Um, <laughs> I only think I'm setting myself up for disappointment that they're going to have these like huge, you know, oh my God, he's right. so fucking different. He's amazing. He's the father of my dreams. Right. And they're just going to be like, yeah, he's cool. Stop <laughs> like, yelling as much. Right. Fuck. <laughs> Thanks, guys. He sits outside a lot. <laughs> yeah. He's like appreciating nature and shit. Um, uh, yeah. It's so but, funny how little they pay that much attention to us. Yeah. Well, they're all over there thinking about themselves all the right. time, which what is what they should to. be doing. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Just stay over here and think about me more. Right. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's what I got. I tried to explain. I'm sure I left fuck tons of it out. I mean, there's a bunch that happened, but. No, so now your life now is living in Cecil County, raising kids. Living in Cecil <laughs> County. I just had two kids turn 18. Mm. They're, they're, I got them to the adult age, according to our society, even though they are not ready. <sighs> um, I got more work to do to try to make up for all that I programmed not so well early on. Um, I got a 14-year-old. I got a 9. I got a 4 we built a fucking fort in our living room last night and hung up glow in the dark bracelets for the light and nine and four slept in, you know, our living room and like we had like a lights out party and hung out and mm. yeah, man, uh, I'm starting to live life in ways that feel good for, for this body. And, um, I'm a therapist and I run my own business and I, I got to have a business brunch yesterday and pay for it with my business credit card and like, uh, last Friday I'm doing mushrooms or, or during the middle of a fucking work day, having like a self care day and my accountant's texting me and telling me he'll get back to me. And I'm like, how fucking cool is this life? <laughs> you know, about time. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, if, if you, uh, don't feel like you're living the life you want or shit feels awful or like, it's a hard ass journey, man, but it's one that's worth it. There is freedom, I believe, you know, and, and, and my journey doesn't have to look like anybody else's exactly, but like, be kind, be gentle, be compassionate, give yourself grace, understand that you are a little spirit that got stuck in this goddamn body and the body's got a lot of requirements and all the shit the world asks from you doesn't let you meet the body's requirements. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, you're trying to navigate that space and it's fucking hard. And I hope you can be nicer to yourself. Have a good week. Have you found that listening to the Recovery Sort of podcast has helped you in your day-to-day journey? Please share the message of compassion and well-being with the loved ones in your life. Connect with us more at recoverysortof.com, Facebook, Instagram, threads, YouTube, and other social media spaces. And have a great week.